Good evening and welcome once again to another episode of the Friday Night Parkdale Special. I'm your host Joyrider coming to you live from the Dollhouse in downtown Toronto with my feline co-hosts Chatty G, Silent Shay, and Floofmaster Toby. And this is episode 128. A couple of things off the top. The last few weeks have been a bit chaotic and I've realized that I really need to take a step back and prioritize where I can because sadly, I can't clone myself and my day job is requiring a lot of my focus right now. Brown Bag Wednesdays is one of the casualties of this prioritization. I'm going to put a pin in it until things are running more smoothly. Tonight, we're finally going to talk about Patrick Cowley. He came up during our look at Dave Smith and the Prophet 5 synth, and I said at the time, oh, we're coming back for this. And lo, here we are. Patrick Cowley was born October 19th, 1950, which means that he would have turned 72 this week if he were still alive. He was born in Buffalo, grew up in Rochester, and moved to San Francisco in 1971. He had been in bands as a teenager, as the drummer, and when he went south, it was to study music, this time synthesizers. He was active in the gay scene, hanging out in the Castro district, and his music was not just a reflection, but a celebration of life in that space and time. The music he's known best for is his dance music, which falls under the umbrella and really defines the umbrella of high energy, which is basically disco turned up to 11. But that's not his only style. Cowley's work is far more varied than one might expect at first glance, but when you consider that his influences included both Giorgio Moroder and Wendy Carlos, it's really not surprising that his work would reflect both ends of that spectrum. Honest, raw, gritty, playful, wry, and introspective. He's most known for his work with Sylvester, but he did so much more than that. So much so that this is going to be a two-parter. This week, we're going to look at his solo material. Our second part will coincide with the anniversary of his death and the release of a new album on the Dark Entries record label, which you'll find on Bandcamp. Yes, that's right, a posthumous album release. When he passed away at age 32, he left behind so much material that he's had more albums released after his death than while he was alive. So let's get started with some of his earliest work. As I said, much of his material has been released posthumously. The three albums that were released in his lifetime came out in 1981 and 1982, but the earliest material didn't begin to see the light of day until about 2007, with the first of those early collections being released in 2009. We're going to get started with a piece from the 2013 release titled School Days, which is a collection of ambient pieces, really. And it, along with some of these other early recordings, were both a nod to and used in gay porn. I don't really have a ton of experience with gay porn, so I wouldn't recognize the clips if they came up and hit me in the face, but your mileage may vary. I don't know your life. 
The other thing about a lot of these early ambient pieces is that some of them are quite long, so I don't intend to play them in their entirety. This first one is titled Seven Sacred Pools, and it would have been written and produced between 1973 and 1981. Our first track for the night is an excerpt of Patrick Cowley's Seven Sacred Pools.
Next, another excerpt of another ambient piece, this one released in 2016. It would have been recorded between 1973 and 1975, and it was a collaboration between Patrick Cowley and Candida Royale. This, from Candida Cosmica, is an excerpt of a track called Shimmering, Where Am I? on the Dark Entries label that was released in 2015 called Kickin' In, which would have been recorded between 1975 and 1978. This is the title track featuring Frank Laverde. It's called Kickin' In. Thank you. 
track we're going to listen to is from the first of Patrick Cowley's posthumous releases titled Catholic, which was a collaboration between him and George Sakaris, who he worked with on a number of occasions. This album would have been recorded between 1976 and 1979, and Sakaris said the following, quoting from a New York Times article, Patrick was all about sexually charged atmospheres, places where rituals could happen. It was about mythologizing, really dramatizing the experience. From their collaboration, Catholic, this is the track In and Out.
Next, we're going to listen to a piece from the 2019 release titled Mechanical Fantasy Box. The piece we're going to be listening to is called Lumberjacks in Heat. Next is another track from Mechanical Fantasy Box, this time an excerpt of a piece called The Thrill of the Hunt, and it's very easy to see how it would have fit in a porno. Again, this is Patrick Cowley's Thrill of the Hunt. Thank you. 
A year after Mechanical Fantasy Box was released, some Funkettes was released as well, both on Dark Entries Records, and both of these collections would have been initially recorded between 1975 and 1977, and Funkettes is so named because it covers some classics in a very funky way. From some Funkettes, this is Do It Any Way You Wanna. I should mention that 
next month's release on dark entries of Patrick Cowley's album Mailbox is not the first time that they have chosen to align a release date with either his birthday or the anniversary of his passing. Both Mechanical Fantasy Box and Some Funkettes were released on what would have been his birthday, uh, his 69th and 70th, respectively. Also from Some Funkettes, this is Dynamite. Dynamite!
Some sources have noted that one of the interesting things about high energy as a genre is its tendency to pull up older funk songs and also some R&B and even Motown and revamp it with a bit of disco flavor. Along that kind of line, this next one, which is our last one from some funkettes, this is Patrick Cowley's version of Papa Was a Rolling Stone. Home. When he died, oh, he left 
Muscle Up, which was released in 2015, but was recorded between 1973 and 1981. This is Patrick Cowley's Pigfoot. 
next also from muscle up this is called time link and it's another ambient experimental piece and though this one as well runs about 11 minutes long i'm going to play the entire thing because it feels more cohesive than some of his other earlier ambient works it's as though he got to a certain point and things just started to gel for him with that this is patrick cowley's time link
It's worth pointing out that a lot of this early ambient kind of work would have been done with tape loops, which is very time-consuming, meticulous work. I also found a fantastic article on the New York Times website from 2016, and I'll probably refer to it a few times throughout the course of the show, and I definitely will link it in the show notes. There's a great excerpt here from George Sakaris, one of the people that Kelly collaborated with a fair bit, and I'm going to quote now from the article. George Sakaris recalled how Mr. Cowley, reserved and slight with sandy blonde hair and a literary air, relished initiating him at the Jaguar bookstore, a Castro retailer known for its backroom sex club. When Patrick wasn't at the studio, he was at the bathhouses. He was interested in the full spectrum of sex in San Francisco, and music was another way for him to participate in those worlds. This next track is really the peak of that gritty sexuality that Cowley incorporated into his music, and it is definitely going to require a tipperhead on the webpage. In fact, I might have to find a higher level of tipperhead for this particular one. This, by Patrick Cowley, is called You Gotta Make It Loose. Faces, necks, muscles, tendons. 
In the late 70s, about 1978 to be exact, Patrick Cowley met Sylvester and they ended up collaborating on a number of singles, which we will get to in the second part of this episode. And those, along with his 15-minute extended remix of Donna Summer's I Feel Love, were what propelled him into the disco spotlight 
And it's no surprise that he chose to remix the song I Feel Love, given that it was produced by one of his heroes, Giorgio Moroder. Around this time, when things were really starting to take off for him, he started to produce a lot more of those high energy tunes. And one of the first that got huge notice came out in 1981, and it was called Menergy. And it's easy to picture what the dance floor would have looked like when this track was played. By Patrick Cowley, this is Menergy. Thank <laughs> you. 
period, he helped to found the label Megatone, which was actually where in 2007, I believe it was, that a collective of DJs that went by the name Honey Sound System found the archives full of all of this unreleased material of his. And as the next generation of gay DJs and musicians, they felt it was absolutely critical to start unearthing all of this material and bring it to light. One of the greatest tragedies of the AIDS HIV crisis in the early 80s is that so many of the people who were there who could tell the stories are no longer with us. But these kinds of records and the bits of interviews and footage that have been found are beginning to come together in a way that gives a much more comprehensive picture of what life was like during that time and throughout the AIDS crisis. The other big track that he released at that time, which probably got a lot more mainstream attention than the rest of his work, was called Megatron Man, and I played that one for you during our episodes looking at the influence of Dave Smith on music as Patrick Cowley used a Prophet 5 in that song. Because I have played it before, I'm not going to play the full-length version. I'm going to play an edit so that we still have that flavor, but we don't need to dedicate the full eight minutes to it. This is Patrick Cowley's Megatron Man, the radio edit. Megatron Man 
So during 1981, Patrick Cowley and Sylvester went on a world tour. And while they were out on that tour, Patrick began to feel rather ill. And when they ended up getting back to the States, he went to see a doctor, and this would have been in November. Doctors could not figure out what was wrong with him. Initially, they diagnosed him with some kind of a stomach bug and said that, you know, just go home, it'll pass, you'll feel better. Bear in mind, this was 1981, and at that time, nobody really knew what AIDS or HIV were. This next track by Patrick Cowley is called I Want to Take You Home. Oh, 
So to give a little context on AIDS HIV history, it was the earlier half of 1981 that gay men were presenting with a specific rare type of pneumonia as well as an unusual kind of cancer called Kaposi's sarcoma, which was actually why for a time AIDS was referred to as the gay cancer. These symptoms, because they were not always seen in conjunction, were not initially understood to be part of the same syndrome. And although the first, retrospectively speaking, reported deaths as a result of AIDS, HIV, would be reported in, I think, mid-June of 1981, it would not be until early 1982 that the syndrome was recognized as an umbrella of symptoms and people would realize that the deaths in the previous year within the gay community had been attributable to this syndrome, which they then called AIDS, Acquired Immunodeficiency Syndrome. The number of other kinds of immune deficiencies that would present themselves and the kinds of symptoms were such a range that it's not really a surprise that with low funding and low attention and care from politicians that it took such a long time for the disease to be recognized and even longer for it to be taken seriously and treated. So as 1981 moved into 1982, Patrick Cowley's health began to suffer more and more and his deterioration continued. Up next from late 1981, this is Patrick Cowley featuring Paul Parker and the track is called Lift Off.
Throughout 1982, quoting again from the New York Times article, Callie struggled to eat and walk. Nevertheless, propped up with pillows in the studio, Mr. Cowley recorded many of his most popular singles, including Sylvester's Do You Wanna Funk? and toiled over his final album titled Mind Warp. His friends called it the death record. And if you listen to it, it's really an odd reflection on the disintegration of his body and what it feels like to be so keenly aware and yet totally in the dark about why one's health is failing the way it is. And I say odd because the tracks, as with so much of his material, tend to be quite upbeat, at least at first glance. This from the album Mind Warp is the title track.
Again, quoting from that New York Times article by Sam Lefebvre. On October 9th, 1982, the songwriter and producer Patrick Cowley observed the release event for his third solo album, Mind Warp, from the mezzanine of the glamorous Galleria event space at the San Francisco Design Center. Mr. Cowley, the disco innovator who spawned high energy, wore black patent leather pants and a matching jacket. Mr. Cowley looked ashen against his stark ensemble, his friend Teresa McGinley recalled in a recent interview, overseeing the party from his wheelchair. Marty Blackman, Mr. Cowley's business partner at Megatone Records, who parenthetically would also pass away from AIDS-related causes in 1991, later remembered in an oral history of the era, tears were streaming down his face and he said, those stupid queens, don't they know? Our last track for the night is from that final album, Mind Warp. This is Patrick Cowley's Going Home.
And that's our show for tonight. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's always a pleasure to have you share some of your week with me. If you'd like to support the show, go to the fnps.com. All the social media links are at the top right of the page, including my coffee link and the show's Patreon link. Patrons get access to my scratch pad as well as early notice of bonus shows, the show's calendar, and some fun merch. Whether short-term or long-term support, your coins help me pay for hosting, streaming, and new tunes to keep the show both on the air and fresh. There's also a suggestion box on the site, so if you have show ideas, drop them in there. I look forward to hearing them. As always, be well and stay safe, and we'll see you next week.